0: five I'm sorry in verse number 17 if you're there say amen if you're there say "O me if you're not there say owe me okay some of you are there some of you are not you can read on the big bible in the sky like we do sometimes I want to dismiss Sunday school goodbye love you all bye now therefore if any man be in Christ he is a what he is a what he is a what do you still believe that Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Thank God for that. How many have some old things buried under the blood? Oh, hallelujah. All, and all things are, are of God, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Everyone say, Reconciliation. That's the ministry of returning people to what they should have been. Amen. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, imputing, not imputing their trespasses upon them. What does that mean? Not tallying up their trespasses and making them pay for them, but they're already paid for and have committed unto the word, uh, committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, verse number 20, now then we are ambassadors. I would say ambassadors for Christ. As though... As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Thank God for that. That we might be made the righteousness of God. I want to preach to you for a little while about representing Jesus. I like to just call it represent (laughs) <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to call it representing Jesus. And so in this text, you see the word ambassador. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. In another translation, it says, now then, we are representatives for Christ. Do you represent Christ well? Let's find out today, and let's ask God to quicken our hearts. Jesus, if there's an area where we're falling down, if there's an area where we're not doing a good job of representing you today, would you just speak to us, Lord, and help us to change that? In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said amen. God bless you. You be seated. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. So in this scripture that I read to you, It says that we are supposed to be representatives of Christ. And how many know that you never stop representing something? I'll need some audience participation today. How many know that you never stop representing something? Amen. You are a walking representation. In fact, most commerce and most business want to use you as their billboard because they understand you are a walking representation. If you haven't had a chance to find out, we're all trying to go to the Tim Hawkins show. Yes, this is in my sermon. trying to go to the Tim Hawkins show on December 14th. If you want to go, we're getting tickets for 7 p.m. You can get your tickets and meet us there. But I noticed when I bought my tickets, when I finished, it said, would you share this with Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, it wanted me to click one of the buttons and share what I had just done because they know that I'm the best billboard. That word of mouth and people knowing that you're going to be there. How many have ever gone, to, have, had an event that you were going to go to, and what was the first question you asked? Well, well who's, who's going to be there? Why? Because you're the best representation of something that is worth being at. And if you're not there, it's some people might think, well, then it's not worth being at. But I guarantee you that when the Scripture says that you're a representative of Christ, it's worth representing Him. Amen? Yeah. So we are ambassadors and we speak... For Christ, because He's in us, His authority flows through us. We have the opportunity to speak to sickness, we have the opportunity to pray over people, we have the opportunity to find in ourselves the ability to encourage ourselves with words we speak to ourselves. I was telling somebody this morning that Paul said, I think myself happy. How about you? Do you ever have a moment where you got to just This isn't good, but I'm going to think myself happy because nobody's going to make me happy except for me. And I know for a fact that if I can find a way to think good things, that it it produces in me feelings. What you think produces feelings, amen? So I want to be a person who thinks it's good to represent the kingdom of God. I want to be a person who thinks it's good to be here and to help my brothers and sisters by showing up. So when someone says, who's going to be there? They can say, well, Pastor Calhoun's is going to be there. Brother Rob's going to be there. I'm going to say a bunch of names today. Hey, Brandon's going to be there. Nate's going to be there. Lisey's going to be there. Somebody, Brother Maurice, is going. there's going to be people there that love the Lord and we're going together to worship God. Something about representing Christ makes you want to be around other people that represent Christ. Amen? Yes. Something about knowing that God is on the inside of you and working on your life and doing things for you you could never do by yourself wants you you to get around makes you want to get around people who have the same thing going on in their life. Have you ever come to church with your thumb in your Bible with a word from the Lord? Yesterday I had a call on the phone and I was just talking to a guy. It was a guy that visited here and he came here and he was weeping at the altar while he was standing a pew back and he was weeping during the time of uh, calling for an altar call and I called him and I I was talking to him, and he's like, do you have anything that you're that's, that you're dealing with right now? Is God speaking to you about it? And I started to share with him the word. And while I was speaking to him, four different times, a Holy Ghost showed up in my bedroom, standing at the window, looking out, talking on the phone, and Jesus showed up. You want to know why? Because I was representing Jesus, Brandon. I was talking to somebody in an entirely different state. When I got done, he said, would it be all right if I send you a contribution? Well, Holy Ghost must have moved, because I knew that we needed some contribution but I wasn't going to ask and I surely wasn't doing it for that. But he said, would 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 this much be okay? I said, brother, I wouldn't get in the way of your blessing. (laughs) I would not stand in the way of a seed being sown into the kingdom. There's no way I would do that. But I wasn't on the phone for money. I wasn't on the phone for anything other than the fact that I knew he was asking, is there anything that you can tell me that God has told you? And I said, yep, actually there is. Let me talk to you for just a minute. And he got me preaching. Hey man, somebody ever have a moment where you just feel like representing Jesus where you don't have to even know it's coming. All of a sudden you just start doing something and all of a sudden there's an opportunity comes up. Somebody asks you, what in the world do you believe? And you just start being faithful and telling the story of your life and your testimony turns their world around. Powerful. Isn't it powerful that God does everything through a story? Isn't it powerful that God does everything through the ability of us representing Jesus with our life and our story? It's amazing to me that you're always representing something. What you do represents something. Where you go represents something. What you do tells us who you align yourself with. What you align yourself tells us who you align yourself with. And, and, if, and if you don't understand that, sometimes we can do things that can actually hinder the moving of God in our life because we don't realize that we're representing him nonstop, day in and day out. If you buy certain kind of clothes, people think certain kind of things about you. You know, you buy Abercrombie Fitch, they think you're going to be a prep. You, you buy a little North Face, they think you spend too much money on your clothes. <laughs> you, you buy a nice car and you can meet somebody and they walk out to a really nice car and you go, oh, I, I see how it is. You know, come on, everybody's just a little bit judgmental. We know we are. It's a fact. We, we judge things according to what's being brought to us, and everything represents something. Did you know that if you're going to work someplace, they require you to do certain things in order to work there? You have to sign non-compete disclosures if you're going to work someplace because they don't want you representing yourself as being able to do the job you're doing at their workplace someplace else. You can't go moonlighting on the weekend and be an engineer. Because they don't want you to do that. They want you to do only their work because they're paying you very good to do their work. I I found out this week, it's very interesting to me. I went to North Carolina University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and there's a secretary working in the IT office. And they know about this. We were all joking about it. And so I can share it with you. And she has more than enough money in a sorority, all of this stuff. She has more than enough money, doesn't have to go and do what she did. But they decided they were going to shoplift. Everybody know that's stupid. That's just not good. That's just not very smart at all. But they thought... They're young, they're not very bright, but they they're going to school, maybe they'll get smarter, okay? So what they decided to do, I'm not trying to be offensive, I'm just saying, it was hilarious because we were we were just kind of throwing jokes at her and they're putting stripes, you know. Um they're giving her they're telling her that she's going to get walked out and all this stuff and she's getting all nervous. But what we did was we we were sitting there and we were talking and the the security guard, the the, the campus police came by. His name was TJ and he goes, "Hey, how's it going?" I heard, that, uh, I heard that somebody had a problem in this office and they had set up a practical joke for her to pack up her whole desk and walk her out to the front door but she wasn't going to get kicked out of school or she wasn't going to be able to no longer work at the school because she had shoplifted. They were just going to play this huge practical joke because they were big jokesters. But what, what was interesting to me is when the, the whole joke was over, I'm like, do, do you really do that? He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. If you're a student At North Carolina Charlotte, University of North Carolina Charlotte, they take so much stock in the fact that you're one of their students and you represent the school no matter what you do, that if you get pulled over for anything, they call the school police and have them meet them there to give them an additional ticket because they're a student of the school, because they represent the school no matter what they do. And so what happened was they spent some... I don't know who's texting me, but stop it. (laughs) They spent some time. Great message, Pastor. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. (laughs) That's our our text in church stuff. It's not supposed to be going off yet, but praise God. I'm glad I have positive encouragement. (laughs) The story... The story was she walked into a Bilkins at, a, at one of these huge outlet malls and she stuffed, she stuffed some scarves in her purse and they walked out. $490 worth of scarves. They could have, she had money. She, her dad's like the head of US Bank in Charlotte. She could have bought the scarves, but she stole them. And so by the time they got to the car, she was backing out and the police were tapping on the window. You're gonna need to get out of the car. And so over three or four scarves, she now has a misdemeanor on her record which will affect her future employment all because she decided to do something crazy she wasn't represented so the school shows up and they give her a ticket because she's not representing the school very well and then that day that I was working there she had a meeting with the head of the sorority she was a part of at six thirty because she had disciplinary actions from the sorority for what she did because of all the things that she represented Can you see the snowball effect going on here? Do you understand that we have so much more we need to represent as people of God, as Christians in the church? It's more than just attending a university. It's more than just being a part of a sorority. We carry the name of Jesus Christ. And when you're not here, and when you don't understand that whatever you do represents him, then it is important for me to tell you today that you need to get it saved. You need to get it sanctified. You need to put it under the blood and start walking as a representative and an ambassador of Jesus Christ and everything you do. Would it be possible for me to ask you today, if, they, if there was a conviction, if there was a misdemeanor handed down for you as a Christian representative of Jesus Christ, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would it be possible for someone to throw you into a court situation on the fact that you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ and they have enough proof from your life to say that is in fact the case? I'm asking you that today because I want you to know that we need to make sure we look saved, act saved, talk saved. It's not about just putting on a face and a mask and coming to church. This isn't a Sunday Christian religion. You don't sprinkle Jesus over your food like salt and pepper. is the center of your life. Everything is defined around what you make your center. We are like a radar. And if we put Christ in the middle, everything else will organize itself around Jesus Christ. But if you don't put Christ in the center, something else will get in the way. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter who has come in in contact with you or what has been said. If there is something that stands between you and God, it will affect your representation of Jesus. And we are not our own. We can't step away from this once we've been touched by it. Because who Jesus touches changes. And that is why we do all this every Sunday, Brother Maurice. That's why we write that check to you every single month. Because if we can just get God in here, he can touch somebody. And they will be forever changed. That is why we do it. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now to tell you that there is something birthing inside of me right now to just touch as many people as I can. I am on fire to touch as many. I'm blowing up Facebook. I'm blowing up everything I know to blow up because God has given me this revelation of who he touches, he changes. And if we're his representatives and we touch them, he changes them through us. Do you understand the power of being an ambassador of Christ Jesus? You get the opportunity. No, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. No, you don't have to keep your Facebook looking like a Christian Facebook. You get to keep your Facebook looking like that. You get to be a representative of Almighty God. How powerful is that? His Word can work in us. We don't just get to do this. We, get, we don't just have to. We get to. So I'm telling you that today because sometimes we forget that we have to represent Him with all of our heart and all of our life. And everything we do. If you're going to do something, ask yourself the question, does this represent Jesus? Before you click, ask yourself, does this represent, I have posted things on Facebook, hello, and I went back and deleted it because I didn't want to come off being negative. I didn't want to come off being a poor representation. I have posted things on Facebook that I got from a bad source. I went, thank you, because they looked it up on Snoops and I just was too busy to look it up. I went, thank you, went back and deleted it because it's important that I represent truth because he is truth and he's in me. So if there's anything that's not true in your life, just apologize and change it. Just work on it. That's all I'm asking you to do because that is what is truly representing him. Did you know that Kate Middleton and Prince William is coming to New York? Did you know that? Do you know everybody's just all excited about it? They're going to come to New York. Woo! Everybody's already writing about They haven't even showed up yet. They have a 72-hour, I think it is, window where they're going to try to see everything they can see in New York and then go back. And everybody's pu- putting it on magazine covers and People Magazine's covering it. The royalty in New York. I'm so disgusted by the media. But... It, that's not my problem, that's not your problem. It's just my problem. I'm praying through. Jesus forgive me. But they're going to show up. Did you know that the places they're showing up, you could go and possibly see them? And they have made it mandatory that you cannot come in contact with royalty if you're wearing jeans. Because they're royalty. And because they represent something that requires you to change yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? Jesus has given us the opportunity to be his ambassadors. But because he is in us and because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and he represents royalty, there is something that has to change in us. Righteousness is a privilege, brothers and sisters. Holiness and conduct and dress is a privilege because we are ambassadors of Christ Jesus and we carry him everywhere we go. And we represent the one who can bring freedom. I believe this in all my days of living for the Lord and seeing people in and out of church and and you know watching people as they as they move from the first pew to the middle pew to the back pews, and then pretty soon they're coming once a week they're pretty soon they're coming every other week, and pretty soon they're coming once a month. I've watched that progression all through my life, and then they don't come anymore. And then I watched the train wreck happen in their life. Stuff is getting busted. Things are happening. And I'm, I'm not preaching to anybody here. Believe me. I've had experiences outside this congregation. So when I preach, I'm just going to reference other people. Everybody here is good. Y'all are good. But these are the bad people that I used to go to church with. <laughs> but, I mean, just stuff started falling apart. And you want to say, it's because you're supposed to be a representation of what's in you but you're not trying to represent what's in you so god is trying to get you back into the position where you're his ambassador again and if he's got to use trouble to bring you back into a testimony that's right he will use it because that's how god wants to use you he doesn't take lightly the touches that he puts on our life and i believe that some people may not have the capacity To live for God the way some of us have the capacity to live for God. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. As long as you're growing. As long as you're trying. Do you understand what I mean? I know I'm being a pastor right now. I get to be a pastor every once in a while. It's important that you're here. If you're not here, there's things you miss. This isn't just my words. This is eternal word. It, you have to understand that you represent Christ. When you're on your job, when you are in, your, in the workplace, when you are at the store, pushing your cart around the juice aisle, you are, you are representing Jesus Christ. Do you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, my friend. I'm going to pick on my friend Brandon. He is awesome at at work and being a worker dude and cleaning stuff up and water damage. And he had a picture on Facebook the other day, and he had his work clothes on. And he's got this little emblem right on his hat. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? That little Surf Pro emblem. He's got that Surf Pro emblem right on his hat. You know what that is? That's his company using him as a billboard. We've already covered that, so we'll jump ahead. They want him to represent them the best way possible. So what do they want? They want him to be on time to the job, right? Am I right? You be on time to the job. You do a good job. You represent the company well. You don't talk bad about the company, amen? Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Go ahead and preach with me because I I may not reference it, but you know what I'm talking about. They don't want you to talk bad about the the company. They want you to be a good employee and they want you to present a a positive viewpoint of the company to the customer. And why wouldn't you? They're writing your paycheck. You have a reason. You're motivated. Guess what? Jesus wrote a paycheck on Calvary to cover every sin you will ever have. Why not talk good about the church? Why not... Be here when the doors are open. Why not be on time and be ready to worship the Lord because he signed a check one day that paid for all of my transgressions, paid for all of my debts. And I'm grateful for that. I got to find a couple things that I want to talk to you about that are really interesting. Did you know that we have diplomatic relations in approximately 180 states as ambassadors? 180 different countries our states in different countries that we operate in. Most are American embassies or embassies, American embassies in the countries. Um, those ambassadors are personal representatives of the president and his policies. But the, the United States Foreign Service pay schedule approximates that in 2010, the lowest paid ambassador was right around $47,000 a year. But their life oftentimes is in danger. Would you Would you put your life on the line for about 50 grand? Probably not. Jesus doesn't ask us to do that, thank God. But this is the interesting thing about what I've pulled up here, is there are requirements to be an ambassador. Does anybody know what the inquir- requirements are? Sorry, I don't know why my tongue won't work, but we'll just edit that out. Do you know what the requirements are to be an ambassador? Number one, you have to have work experience in that area. You have to have done some some sort of representation for your country before and have work experience. How many know it's good to work in the kingdom? If you're going to be a good ambassador, you've got to have work experience in the kingdom, amen? So I'll kind of reference these to the church. Did you know you have to have communication skills? You have to be able to speak the language of the land you are an ambassador to and speak the language that you come from. Help me preach here. How many know that you get the Holy Ghost and you speak in the tongues of men and angels sometimes and sometimes God fills you with the Holy Spirit and you know that God is speaking through you in that language. Guess what? We are qualified to be ambassadors of Christ when we get filled with the Holy Ghost and we're speaking in other tongues because we know the language of the world to come and we can speak the language of the place where we represent. Amen? We're qualified because we have a second language. That's so cool. This neat. Initiative and leadership qualities are the third one. You have to show initiative and you have to have leadership qualities. Most ambassadors in other countries have a direct connection to the president of that country. Most people who want to be an ambassador with Christ... Have to know that if you 're not praying and if you 're not seeking God, you are only doing part of the job qualifications. You need to be on your knees having a close connection with the President of the other country, with the president of the kingdom when we don't have a president, we have a king amen We need to be in close contact that 's what makes us qualified to be what we are as representatives is we have a connection to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. That's what brings it about. So I'm not just worried about what goes on in my life and in the people that I represent. I'm worried about how good my connection is with Jesus because you can't lead people where you don't go. Amen. So you can't talk to somebody and tell them about the kingdom if you don't spend time working and knowing and communicating the kingdom and doing things in the kingdom. And so I just want you to know that if you want to get into the kingdom, you have to first do what it takes to be in the kingdom. Do you know what that is? Can I rehearse it for the church today? You must repent. Amen. You you must become part of the kingdom. Luke 13, 5 says, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Amen. Tragic alteration to not repenting is that you shall perish. How many know that's true? It says it right there. Repent or perish. I'd rather repent. How about you? It's a little bit easier than perishing. It's a little bit more painful. In view of that, it's extremely important that everyone we know repents and knows how to repent. They need to know how to pray and to seek God because repentance is not just reformation. You're not just reforming your life based upon you are bad, you were doing bad things and now and now you're doing good things and you've changed your habits and you're doing better things. Reformation is is in to reform is to improve one's character or conduct, to become better, to behave better, to give up misconduct, to make better by removing faults or, de- or defects. How many know that's not repentance, though? Reformation is not repentance. It's good. One is genuinely reformed, that's very good. It's a great moment in someone's life. It's better than anything else. But I can tell you this. There's something more important that we have to do. We have to not only be reformed because that falls short. We have to repent of our sins. And in order to repent, Jesus Christ tells us we must confess our sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive us. Amen? Because you will never conquer what you don't confess. You can hide it, you can put it in a closet, you can do whatever you want with it, but until you get real, and say, I'm struggling. Now, it's funny because we always say I'm struggling when we're still doing it. <laughs> well, preacher, I'm struggling with this. Anytime someone comes to me and tells me, I'm struggling with this, I know they're still doing it every once in a while. I'm like, well, I'm going to pray for you. But you have to repent. It literally change your mind. Change your heart. And in order to do that, you have to remove it from yourself. You have to take the the, the overall feelings that you have attached to that thing, and you need to forgive somebody. You need to forgive forgive yourself and you need to repent of it in jesus name so the, one of the things that are qualifications of being a, a better now i'm going to hit this one being a better ambassador is you have to have the ability to pass a background check you have to have the ability to pass a background check so what does that equate to in the kingdom we must be baptized in jesus name We must be covered in the blood, amen? We must have his name applied to us and so that whenever God looks and sees our sin, he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ covering it, amen? So it's good that you have... Good or great grades, they often look at that. It's good that you have the ability to to do different things. Maybe you have outstanding loans um, or taxes that would preempt you from being an ambassador. They look at all this stuff. The ability to pass a civil service test, college degree or special skills, uh, the, the language of the country. They look at all of these things. But did you know that the greatest thing that you can do is pass a background test? I want you to know that we pass a background test if you've been baptized in Jesus' name because there's nothing there anymore. There's nothing for anybody to go back and look at. He's washed it absolutely clean. It's essential that we repent. It's essential that we're baptized so that we can pass the background check to be ambassadors of Christ. Amen? Oh, it's, it's basic. I know. I'm sorry it's so basic, but it is good stuff. So Hebrews tells us unless something dies, there's no repentance. We know that. How many know what the difference is between having the Lord, uh, having Jesus Christ on the throne of your life, or having your flesh in control? Do you do you know the indicator of that? Because we are a switch; either He's on the throne or He's not. And the only way that you can tell is is the is the item that you're talking about is your flesh. We're talking about flesh. Is your flesh on the cross, and Jesus is on the throne, or is Jesus still on the cross, and you're on the throne? Because we can worship. And do all the things that we do in a church service, celebrating Jesus still on a cross and never put him on the throne of our life and take up our cross and follow him and die on that cross. So, if there's anything in your life where you see that you're in charge of it, guess what? God's not on the throne. But if you put that thing on an altar and you give it to the Lord and surrender it completely and say, God, I want to represent you better in this area, then guess what? He's allowed to step off the cross in your life and become your resurrected Savior and be the Lord of your life and step on the throne in that situation, and He can guide it, and He can change it, and He can help you in that situation. So many Christians don't realize that they need to get baptized, but they also need to make sure that they have died completely, that they've died out to their will and their way. How many know that it's good that the Lord tells us to repent and be baptized? Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission, says Acts 2.38, when should I be baptized? People often get baptized once they've made a decision that they want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's interesting that we use the same language sometimes that other churches use, but it's not the same experience, brothers and sisters. This is not just semantics. This is not just us saying it one way, they say it another. This is truly where Simon believed and was baptized he he simply had faith in God to believe that Jesus was the answer and I don't have to take a goat to the tabernacle I don't have to take a dove to the tabernacle anymore Jesus is what I need to believe in that's go through scripture and everywhere you see they believed on Jesus Christ that's what it's saying they understood that they don't have to go to the high priest to get right now they can go through Jesus Christ who is their high priest amen So we know that now when it talks about in the scripture that Simon believed and was baptized in Acts 8.13, that we notice the order of what he did because he had to believe. They didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. They crucified him. Thank goodness that they did. But because of that, many Christians were able to believe on Jesus Christ. But faith is just the beginning. You can't be an ambassador if all you believe in is the kingdom that you want to be an ambassador for. I believe the king's there. I believe he has a kingdom. I believe he's got authority. I have faith in his authority. If he says something, I'll do it. I'll even not wear jeans whenever royalty shows up because I believe in their authority, but you haven't done anything to make yourself a good ambassador yet until you've been fully repented. You've died out and you've gone through the process of repenting of and then you've been baptized and covered in the name of jesus so the background check goes through and then you've been birthed and you have a certificate to be in the kingdom that you're talking about you have a seal on your life that says it's okay for you to go and come from the country that you talk about the kingdom of god suffereth violence violent take it by force you have access to excess through the holy spirit Amen. And that is how you get what you need. Now, this is not just a selfish religion. We don't do this and throw God a bone because we pray three prayers, and now you're going to take care of me, Jesus. That's not like that. It is actually the fact that we have a relationship with him, and you cannot be an ambassador without a relationship with God. Have I beat that horse enough? That is good, though. I am telling you this. I I don't always represent Christ 100% um, in everything I do because I do have some flesh involved. And every once in a while, my flesh will rise up, and I'll want to say something or do something that I know I shouldn't. But guess what? The Holy Ghost slaps me about right then and goes, Psh, shut up. <laughs> Don't you say that. Don't be judging like that. Don't be doing that. And guess what? God realigns my ability to represent him while I'm fighting my flesh. He will take care of me. He will keep me in line so that I can be in line. Amen? Amen. With him. So I'm so grateful that there, there are true privileges to walking with God and being an ambassador. I, I was spending some time with some friends this weekend, and as I do this, I, I'm always amazed at how they take Jesus Christ out of your life and they take the presence of God from you. They're, they're excited to be around you, they don't understand what it is about you, and you're just like, I'm just a representative, I'm just an ambassador. I'm just someone who represents the kingdom that I want you to know about. So it's important often, I'm saying it's important so many times here, but I want you to know that it's important that you speak with tongues as often as you can and make sure that you're right with the Holy Ghost. Now, in all of this, I have to tell you that no matter where I go and what I do, I can't get away from my connection. I am married to my wife, amen? Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. But everywhere I go, I represent Sarah. Because we are one. Amen. And it doesn't matter if I'm lonely, it doesn't matter if I don't like life right now, it doesn't matter if I'm depressed. I can't stop representing her. I can't do things that would hurt her because we are one. Understand that? So I do things that makes her trust me. I have protection stuff on all my, so- all my software. I protect myself from the internet. You know why? I'm a man, number one. And if any man in this room says they don't know what it's like to have the world come after them with a lustful spirit, there's a spirit of Jezebel in this world. And if you don't know what that's like, I'm going to guarantee you that you have just made me suspicious. <laughs> if you say, I never had a problem with that. I'm sorry, we live in America where sex sails. Everything is about that. Everything is about that. And that's not a bad word. Sex isn't a bad word, but some people think it is in church. But I want you to know, we sometimes have a simple answer to very complex problems. The church I grew up in, well, just pray, speak in tongues, roll over four times, get up, and you're good. No, then guys would come down to the altar, I watched them. I've dealt with young men all through my youth career that had problems with different things. and they would come and they would pray and they would cry, and it looked like they were just holding on to the altar, just boo-hooing and crying. And you know what they were doing? They were fighting their way through an addiction. They were fighting their way out of lust. They were fighting their way. They were doing everything they could to get out, because they knew if they didn't get out, it was going to destroy them. And so what I do is sometimes I do things that I don't have a problem with, but I put it in place so that my wife can trust me. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I'm a man in a world that is filthy. And so what I do is sometimes I have to tell myself that I don't need this, but she needs it. I I don't need to call and tell her I'm okay and I'm just running a few minutes late because I know she trusts me. And if someone were to ask her, "Will your husband say be here at five? Are you, are you okay with that? Where, where's he at?" She'd automatically respond with, "No, I trust him. He'll be here. He's just got caught up doing something. He's got ADD really bad. It's probably he's getting a he's getting a donut or something right now, and it's dinner time. But he'll have a donut first. No, <laughs> he'll have pizza. But the thing is, is." I have to remind myself that I need to do things to manage that relationship because I need her to trust me. Our relationship's good when she trusts me. And so I do things because I represent her all the time. Wherever I go, I represent her. I'm standing in a different state talking to somebody. And they're like, oh, do you have kids? Yeah, I had them with the most wonderful woman I've ever met. Instantly, I'm representing my wife. Is that okay? Is it all right that I'm talking about my wife in the church? I want you to know that everywhere you go, people want you to represent. I When you get a new phone, they give you one of these if you buy an Apple. If you get an Apple phone, they give you a sticker to put on your car. They want your car to represent what you have in your pocket. Your phone is in your pocket, and they want you to stick this on your back window. How many have ever driven by a car with an Apple symbol on it? You ever seen an Apple symbol on a car? Usually it's Apple diehards. They're like, oh, I love Apple. I got an Apple computer. I got an Apple iPad. I got a mini iPad. I got a small phone. I got a big phone. I got an Apple watch coming out. But they represent what they love. And I don't have to ask you to represent something if you love it. I don't have to ask you to dress holy if you love the God who is holy. I don't ask have to ask you to do things as a pastor. I don't do that. You aren't you aren't going to find me coming and bouncing you. Woo! Fashion police. Hey, guess what? That's a little bit too tight. No, you're never going to have me do that. I'm never going to talk to you about that. You know why? Because then you'll think, well, what are you looking at? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that because that's not my job. My job is to love you, to gather people to the kingdom. And guess what? If you want to talk about holiness and conduct and dress, we'll talk about it. But until you're ready and you have asked God to expand your heart to the capacity that you can live that way, I'm not going to talk to you about it. But come see me if God's quickening your heart. If God's saying, hey, you shouldn't be doing that, then maybe God, is trying to take you to a new dimension of consecration in Him. Maybe, just maybe. And my dad used to say this all the time. He's like, I have convictions and they work. He said, if you don't have the same convictions, try mine. They work. You're not just trying to make everybody look like you. That's not it at all. It's the fact that if God's holy and He's righteous, when we want to be close to Him, we automatically do righteous we automatically want to be righteous and holy and if that means changing what we are have you ever had someone get around you and they start they start like getting fidgety and they get uncomfortable and they don't know why I've, I've seen this before where people start pulling and tugging on clothes <laughs> and they're doing things and they don't know why they're doing that and I'm not trying to make them feel uncomfortable but because I maybe had just come from a prayer time or I had spent time with God, I'm automatically representing Him in my spirit. I'm automatically walking with God. And it's not that I'm better than anybody or that you're better than anybody. It just, it happens. If you walk with God long enough, you're gonna get in the presence of somebody and they're gonna recognize the spirit of God on you. Amen, amen. When Betty's smiling, yes, I'm using Betty again. When Betty's smiling, And she's going through chemo. You know what that does for the people that are doing therapy for her? They're like, what in the world do you have? You're going through this without being crabby like everybody else coming in here? And she fights it. You don't know how. She's been in tears at that back door before because she's fighting and she's fighting and she's fighting because everything inside her is saying, give up. Don't don't try to be a good person. Don't come here and smile and, and hug people and tell them they're going to be okay. When you really want somebody to tell you you're going to be okay, don't do all of that. But really on the outside, she just she just comes and she says, but I've got to represent something bigger than my life, something bigger than this day, something bigger than how I feel right now, something bigger than this moment, something bigger than the the circumstances, something bigger than the car I ran into, something bigger than everything in my life, something bigger than somebody leaving a relationship, somebody losing a child. I've got to represent something bigger because Jesus is eternal and we must understand that it's important for us to not let circumstances and feelings and the day-to-day life trap us into not representing Him. Now, I've felt off of you that on this sermon that I maybe touched a hot spot for you. And I don't mean to be harsh or unkind. And I don't want you to take it any further than I love you and I want the best for you. But if you want more of God, It's going to affect you. If you want to be closer to royalty, you're going to have to change your genes. (laughs) I mean, you're going to have to change something in order to get closer to Him. Now, He comes close, don't get me wrong. He has grace and He has blood to cover. But if you want to see the secret place of the Most High, you have to be willing to go where He is. Amen? Is that okay today? I didn't know how this sermon was going to come off because I wanted to deal with holiness in our hearts more than I want to deal with the holiness in our dress. But you have to know if you don't have it in here, you can put, you can pile your hair up as high as you can pile it up, and your ankles can never see sunshine. And you can be dressed like a monk and not be more holy. Amen? Muslim women are more holy than some of our women are in their dress. And you understand that that doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't save you. But when you get it right in here first, when you fall in love with Jesus in here, you will want to make changes to what you look like on the outside. And when you fall out of love with Jesus in here, it makes changes on the outside. It's a fact. I can't change the word of God. The Bible says, be ye holy because I am holy, or for I am holy. I can't change that. How can human beings ever be holy? Amen? We're all just a mess. But that's why God chose us, so that we would never take the credit for it. We could never take the credit for it, Maurice. If we do a good thing, we're like, well, yeah, but that's good, I'm glad I helped, but you should have seen where I came from. I wouldn't be doing a good thing right now had it not been for him bringing me out of the mess. And anyone that doesn't have a mess in their life doesn't have a message. You know that, amen? So would you stand with me as I try to close this sermon today? And I I want it to be tender-hearted, not harsh. If you don't have holiness in here, then please don't try to live holiness out here yet. Would you pursue holiness in your heart today? Would you represent Jesus Christ in here? And it will change the outside. That's all I ask, is to go after him. Be a seeker, amen? Be a seeker and a representative of Jesus Christ. Bow your heads with me. I do want to pray with you a very serious prayer. Jesus, in this quiet moment in this room, even as maybe a pin could drop, we don't have to have music. We don't have to have the beat of a drum. We don't have to have anything for you to change our hearts. Lord, I've sat in services where people just looked at the front of the room while the preacher preached. And when the time came for them to make a choice, they said, I'm stepping forward and I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to represent myself that way anymore. I'm not going to go and taste the things of the world anymore. I'm going to hold on to you, Jesus. And, and they make a choice right then and there. And that choice wasn't pounded into them by a preacher yelling over a microphone. That wasn't pounded into them by the beat of a drum and the songs and the worship. That choice was made personally in their heart. And they began to walk after holiness with God. Would you allow us today to make a choice in this place? Would you try not to be distracted by anything right now? And would you take an inventory in your life? Is everything that you know right now about yourself, is it saved? Does it represent Jesus? It's a hard question, but take an inventory. I want to give you 10 sec, just take 10 seconds. Take an inventory of your life. Where do you need to work? What do you need Jesus to touch? What's on your electronics that you know about? What's on your home computer? What about that relationship that you're just kind of courting but you know it'll pull you out of the church? What about other things? What about that anger problem? What about that temper? Have you done some things? Have you blown your gasket? Have you done a few things lately that you need Jesus to help you with? I may be the pastor of this church but I can't change anybody in this room. Only Jesus can. There's nothing like representing him. So as you have your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you have that one thing, I want you to symbolically put that in your mind. And I want you to bring it to the altar. Now, people coming to the altar doesn't mean they're addicted to bad things or they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. It may just mean that you want a better relationship with your husband or your wife. But would you cup your hands together And would you symbolically, from your mind, put the thing you're struggling with the most to represent Jesus? And as we do this, this is just a way of representing it. This is nothing more. There's no smoke and mirrors here. There's no magical potion. We're just pretending that that thing is in our hands because we don't want to have it in our life anymore. We've got to get it out of our life. So would you put whatever it is in your hands, whatever you want God to touch, and to make you a better representative for would you put it in your hands and would you bring it to the throne would you come down to the altar and just lay it before the Lord today I don't know if we can fit everyone down here but would you gather in would you join me up here I'm going to move this because I want to be with you I have some things I want to put before the Lord as well how about you is there something that you're struggling with is there something that you're worried about right now Put it in your hands and bring it to Jesus.